Good morning, everyone. Uh, this morning, I'd like to tell you about my two favorite black and white movies. It's A Wonderful Life and uh, Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List. Now, I know those two movies couldn't be more different. One is a cherished Christmas classic. The other is a really dark and gritty exploration of the Holocaust during the time of Nazi Germany. Even so, both these movies actually have the same basic question. The question is, is my life about me or is my life really about other people? And in both movies, Christ and prayer haunt the edges of both movies throughout as you watch. So what makes them the same is they both have as their lead this tall, lanky, likable guy who's scraping and surviving to become something more than he is. George Bailey, he wants to leave his family business so that he can travel and, and see the world, right? And Oscar Schindler, he wants to become a wealthy factory owner in Germany. Throughout both stories, though, they encounter people who need them. And rather than ignore that, they turn aside and give something of themselves to help. And then they do it again. And then they do it again. And then they do it again until finally they've given so much away, their own dreams are now completely beyond reach. Not only this, but both men are in danger precisely because they've given away so much. Uh, they're pursued by the authorities. George Bailey is wanted for a bank fraud that he didn't commit. I'm going to swear out a warrant for your arrest. Oscar Schindler is by the end wanted for war crimes, which he is actually uh, also should be innocent of. I'm a profiteer of slave labor. I am a criminal. At midnight, you'll be free and I'll be hunted. Now, by the end of both movies, there's a huge turn in which the sheer number of people that these guys have given their life away to then come around them and form kind of a wall of protection around them from the dangers they face. And the sheer number of people that they have helped uh, now becomes their salvation. We've written a letter trying to explain things in case you were captured. Every worker has signed it. Now, the endings of the movies strike different tones. Uh, Oscar Schindler, he breaks down and he laments that he didn't do even more than what he did. <laughs> On the other hand, George Bailey has a huge celebration because he realizes not only did he have a wonderful life, but also he learns that no man who is a failure who has friends. Even so, uh, the different endings, the answer is the same. These men emptied themselves. And in the end, though they question it all along the way, in the end, they don't regret giving themselves away. There will be generations because of what you did. I didn't do enough. Who did so much. That is also a piece of the gospel that we get from Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. If you try to cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you'll find it. You're never more like Jesus than when you find a way to give your life away. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes about this um, in Philippians. His letter to the Philippians will be in chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. 
Paul says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus has. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So this concept of self-emptying that we see Jesus doing, that we see kind of retold in those two black and white movies, that is... uh, what we call in the New Testament, Greek, kenosis. Sometimes you hear preachers just, like you're going to hear today, just preach the word. Kenosis. The giving up what you have and giving up what you have a right to. Jesus had a right to his divinity and to be worshipped, but he became human. And even then, gave himself on the cross. Kenosis, self-emptying. It, it can be very dangerous. You can enter into kenosis the wrong way or for the wrong reason, all right? And I want, to, I want us to be uh, warned about that. If you're wanting to engage in self-emptying of your life so that you won't be one of the bad guys, right? You want to be one of the good guys. And so if self-emptying is the right thing to do, then that's what you want to do. That actually can lead to exhaustion. Because when is it ever enough? I mean, as long as you're still alive, how can you ever say you've gotten yet close enough to emptying yourself as Jesus did? And I've seen people drive themselves wanting to be the good one and just uh, go to exhaustion and distraction. To give away yourself for thanks or recognition. Now, that's, that's probably not something many of us would admit to, but it's something that a lot of us would try to do. That I empty myself and don't you see what I'm doing for you, what I'm doing for all of you and and that sort of thing, which always leads to disappointment. It always leads to disappointment because frankly, people don't have the time or the attention to notice what you and I are doing. And so if you're giving yourself away for thanks, you're going to be uh, angry and disappointed that that thanks never comes because people just aren't talking about you all the time and noticing what you're doing. You can give yourself away for the dangerous reason of I want to set a good example so that other people will want to follow the Christian life. So I'll live this model, you know, life in which I give myself away and that'll inspire other people to want to do that. Um, That is arrogance. I can tell you from experience that's as someone who has wandered into this from time to time, it is the height of arrogance. First of all, who am I ever to say that I've given myself away enough that, anybody, that it's worth anybody else doing? And, and even if I did, uh, who am I that anybody should care about anything that I do? I mean, we come to follow Jesus Christ, not to follow each other. If you, if you give yourself away, if you empty yourself in order to be a martyr so that... Uh, You can tell other people what they ought to do because you have walked the walk. Or that other people can't criticize you because you've given away more than they have. So who are they to be judgmental and critical of you after all you've given away? Um, I've seen folks do this, and it leads to rage, and it leads to resentment. It leads to depression. Emptying yourself and giving your life away, but only the people who can give you something in return. I mean, notice Oscar Schindler and, uh, in real life and, and 
George Bailey in the movie, they give themselves away to people they, they don't think uh, can give them anything in return. They're the poor dregs, they're persecuted. I know people who give themselves away, but only to attractive people, only to influential people, only to cool people, average everyday people they don't have the time of day for. It's a dangerous version of self-giving. None of these are examples of kenosis. These are all mishandlings of self-emptying. They're nearly the opposite. They're nearly the opposite of what we're trying to go for, what Jesus is calling us to. Let's talk about real kenosis. Let's try to talk about real self-emptying. It's harder than it seems to keep it in the pocket. And self-emptying, we try to give up what we have a right to, we think we have a right to, try to give up our life simply because we follow Jesus. Simply because we see him doing that for us on the cross. We see the way to God that it is making. We hear him saying, this is the way to true life. And we just trust him so much that we do it just to follow him. Even though like those guys in the movies, we're probably going to question it at every step of the way. We just trust him enough to follow his way and trust that it'll bring us to the resurrection. You can't imagine how freeing it is to not have to say, what about me all the time? We're going to make some changes here in the family. We're going to do stuff different. Well, what about me? Uh, we're going to make some changes here in the church. We're going to alter. Well, what about me? We're going to make some changes here at the workplace. What about me? We're going to, uh, we've elected somebody new. Now there's a new person elected. Well, what about me? It's exhausting to always be scanning the world saying, how is that going to encroach on my territory? How is that going to affect me? What am I going to have to do that's unpleasant because of that? It is so freeing to let go of all of that. Just trust in the protection, the provision of God and to give our life away if that's what it comes to. You have no idea how freeing it can be to let go of the clutching need for possessions. That, you know, I have to have this amount of money. I have to drive this kind of thing or live in this kind of house or I won't be safe or I won't be secure or I won't be well thought of or I'll be looked down on or my kids will turn out weird. You know, to let all that go and find out that God provides everything we really need. You have no idea to give up the need for recognition from others. To be thanked, to be recognized, to be affirmed, to be admired, to be appreciated. And receive from God this constant affirmation that comes for free just because you are his. And that you don't have to rebuild every day and retool and maintain and keep up and check in on. God doesn't forget you. And unlike people, God does have time to pay attention to you. And he does have attention to notice how much he loves you. Even in our most intimate relationships, there is a self-giving. You know, this supposed right, uh, this is talking to married people, the supposed right, you know, that our spouse is there to make sure we're sexually fulfilled. We have a right to that. And if we don't, then we can pout and we can whine and we can argue or we can do more extreme things because they're not, you know, giving us our right no idea how freeing it is to let that go and take the position of, I don't have rights with my spouse. Whatever promises they made at the altar, I don't have rights where they're concerned. And then to find that God 
comes into that self-emptying of rights and fills in a level of intimacy uh, that you just couldn't have imagined was there. And there's a lot more on this list that I can't tell you anything about because I haven't been brave enough to go there. I haven't been smart enough to know that that territory exists. There's so much self-emptying to go. Um, Some of you could tell me a lot more about it. But it is the way of Jesus. And and every time I've made a foray into that territory, God has been there and brought something much more full than I ever imagined. It's only the devil that constantly whispers to you, there's only one piece of pie left in the world. You better get up there and grab it. With God, it's like there's a pie the size of the universe. (laughs) And it just doesn't run out. He just wants us to move into that freedom. This is real kenosis as best as I can figure out so far. Real self-emptying. Now, do you know that we're here to talk about small groups this morning? That's really what brought all this up. Last week was titled Small Groups, Here's What You Get. This week is titled Small Groups, Here's What You Give. Small Groups is a furnace of transformation for self-emptying. It is a place where all of this can actually happen. It makes it into a spiritual discipline because right now a lot of folks are wandering out saying, yeah, Oscar Schindler, George Bailey, I could do this. Yeah, I'll do this self-emptying thing. Okay, when? Yeah, man, next time I get the chance. When? You're probably not gonna have the opportunity if your plans are just to go home and mow your grass. But if you're in a small group, then Tuesday at 7's win. Thursday at 9's win. Because when you show up to a small group, you know other people. You serve other people. You love other people. You celebrate other people. You're giving of yourself. I mean, to know other people, to sit and, 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 and listen and hear about their life and learn about their life. I mean, some of those people talk a lot. You're just going to hear all of that. Self-giving. Uh, to serve other people, to find out what their needs are, to show up for them. Oh, I hate when I have a friend who's moving and they mention they have an upright piano. It's like, oh, how fast can I forget that we ever met? But um, to, you know, to serve, to, to, uh, to love other people, especially when they're hard to love, especially when they're so opinionated. You know, they just say crazy stuff. But to love them as Christ loves them. To celebrate other people, to hear there about their answered prayers, to hear about the achievements they're proud of. Because all of this is time and energy that you could have spent on yourself. You could have spent promoting yourself, caring for yourself, relaxing yourself. It is self-emptying to, set, to sign up for this thing that says, I'm going to be there on Tuesday nights. I'm going to be there on Wednesday mornings. I'm making these times up. Just the act of getting up and going is self-emptying, right? Because you're so tired and you had a horrible day and you just got back from camping and the wet tents are hanging up in the garage and the kids have so many activities this week. This is the only night you'll be home. Tonight, the dishes get washed or they just grow another foot toward the ceiling. 
It is self-emptying just to get up and go. I hear some people say, well, I didn't really read the chapter this week, or I did read it. I didn't get much out of it. It's not, what if it's not all about you? What if this is a night God wants you to go to hear someone else's answered prayer, to love someone else, to know someone else, to serve someone else? It is self-emptying just to go and be there for your small group leader. Because this may shock you, but your small group leader wants to be there, doesn't want to be there as much as you don't want to be there. Because not only did they have to stop everything they were doing, they had to scrub the toilet and pick up all that stuff that was on the couch. It would just be easier just to leave it lie. But they believe that if they make this space and this time, and if they're faithful, that people will come. And the miracles of God will happen. And what Christ said, wherever you are gathered in my name, I am there. They believe this miracle will happen if they just empty themselves and make this space in their home. And when you get up and show up, you're just saying, I came to be with you. I appreciate you, my small group leader, who gives away more than anybody else in this group. And you were worth coming to. And maybe you're the one who needs to be celebrated. And I just came so that six or eight of us could sit here and maybe this miracle of God will happen and we can all go to bed that night and say, I'm glad I I went and made a a place where a miracle could happen. It sure wasn't going to happen with me, you know, re-watching episode nine of Stranger Things again. So it's an opportunity for kenosis. The Apostle Paul, uh, in that same chap, uh, place in Second, uh, uh, I keep calling to call it Second Philippians. There's just one Philippians. Philippians chapter two says, "Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too." Small group leaders, we thank you so much. There's a a lunch today that you signed up for and get some training and some celebration and I hope that you'll be there. Jesus said if you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. You'll become what we talked about last week, that bitter, lonely, pointless, clueless. Empty ourselves. We are in each other's lives. We give each other our lives. God will fill that empty place up. Because then comes the grace of God. Then comes the grace of God. And this is where I say the opposite of everything I just spent the last 15 minutes saying. Because if I'm truthful, you have to go into self-emptying with this attitude. I get nothing in return. I do it because I follow Jesus. That's the only way it's real. You have to go at it that way. But if I'm telling you the whole truth, we just serve this God who doesn't leave it that way. He does fill into that emptiness true contentment and joy. He doesn't have to do that. He had every right to say, well, you empty yourself because my son emptied himself. But he just doesn't look at us that way. The truth is, if you don't empty yourself, he will still let you into the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that is just the whole truth. That's the whole point of the cross. Jesus emptied himself because he knew we could not. But it's when we see him emptying himself, we say, oh, That's the way to true life, huh? I'm so grateful for that. I'll try it. But the truth is, even if you don't try it, you'll appear before God and you'll say, God, I didn't really try self-emptying. I was so afraid. And you'll say, I know, I know. Come be with me. That's so unfair to God. That's just who we serve, though, if I'm telling you the whole truth. 
I'd love to guilt everybody and say, you better do the self-emptying thing or you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> but it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. It's out of gratitude or it's out of nothing. We love him because he first loved us. We follow him because he's the truth, not because he's got a carrot dangling in front of us. And so that's, that's the whole truth about kenosis and self-emptying and Christ Jesus and us and our small groups. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for the kind of God you are to us. We don't think often enough that you could have been a different kind of God. We thank you that you are who you are. We give praise to your son, Christ Jesus, who gave everything. Send your Holy Spirit and give us the power today to be like him. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.